Hey there, what's up? Megaland. Mega World. It's all the Mega World now. So anyway, thanks for almost 200k, and we are hot on the trail of Trump going to fucking jail. Hot. Hot. On the trail of Trumpy Von Schindler going to fucking jail. Motherfucker. Um, Trump faces total defeat with crushing legal blows. Legal AF. Three days. Judge Eileen Cannon supervising Trump's current federal indictment regarding Mar-a-Lago and all things espionage drew a line in the sand and said, "Trial in August, like Christmas in July, but better." The Department of Justice said, we like where your head's at, Judge, but December is more reasonable given the six terabytes of data and classified documents at the core of the case. And now the skipper and little buddy are heard from, Trump and Walt Nauta, with a filing this week in which they asked for an indefinite trial setting, not until after they file motions to dismiss the, dismiss the indictment and teach the judge the law according to Trump regarding Presidential Records Act and the crimes charged. And certainly after the primary and presidential election season. So let's call it 2025. The court will make her decision on the 18th of July, and we discuss what we think will happen next. Hint, we may have a disagreement between the anchors on the show. 7-Eleven is usually a lucky date, but not for Trump in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case, based on statements he made while president and at the CNN town hall in May. Just yesterday, two major events. The Department of Justice, after three years and two administrations, has told the parties and the court they're out and will no longer seek to protect Trump with presidential immunity for the defamatory statements he made while president against E. Jean Carroll. And they're exiting the case. And on the same day, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers filed a scathing motion to dismiss his defamation case against her as the victim of sex abuse because he wasn't a sex abuser. Uh, He was a sex abuser, not a rapist. That's his defense. So, uh, and based on statements that she made on CNN. Will the judge dismiss Trump's retaliatory suit against E. Jean Carroll this summer? And what does it mean to the trial now that Trump can be sued and has no immunity for his comments that he made while he just happened to be president of the United States at the time? Finally, Georgia peaches aren't the only thing in season. Georgia indictments by the Fulton (laughs) County DA in Atlanta are in season two. Claudia Lewis just sat her grand jury of 26 Fultonians to start their work on Tuesday with a target window of August 11th through September 1st to get an indictment against Trump. How many make up a quorum in a grand jury? And how many are needed to vote to indict? Why are there two grand juries in place? Why do we see pictures of the grand jury now? And what about the special purpose grand jury report and indictment recommendations from March? All this and oh, so much more on the midweek edition of Legal AF, only on the Midas Touch Network, with your anchors Michael Popak and Karen Friedman-Ignifolo, sizzling indictment summer, maybe the reason that the Earth's global collective temperature set a record this week. Karen, thoughts? It's, uh, you know, I'm feeling very patriotic because, you know, I, I feel kind of wrapped in the flag right now. You know, I, I was walking, I wanted to go for a walk before this, this podcast and get my head cleared and kind of just get myself ready. And as I was going for a walk, uh, a neighbor of mine got sick and we had to call 911 and uh, an ambulance came. And just watching 
public like heroes, truly absolute heroes. They come, they come in an emergency. These are people who devote their life to helping people. They come and they help you and they, they're nice and they're just, it just makes me feel very kind of warm and fuzzy inside. And, you know, I, I really, whether, whether it's police or fire or, you know, EMS or who, to me, those are the people who are the heroes of our country and who need to be celebrated. Just the exact opposite of the people we're about to talk about, Donald Trump and all of his MAGA, America hating, you know, they want to just steal our democracy. But it just, it made me feel so good about people and about just, just the heroes. Yeah, it, it's, it, people are going to think this is weird, even though you and I are in the same city. We had a very similar event happen, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago in front of my office um, in Murray Hill in New York, where we sport a giant American flag that proudly waves. Um, my office administrator had to help, in an emergency basis, a man who had seized, had a seizure, in the middle of the street on 38th Street, and waited, and he, he lost teeth in hitting his head on the ground. And she sat with him. He didn't know where he was. He was out cold for most of it. And we waited for EMS and the fire department and the police department to come. And a lot of and a lot of Manhattan people and tourists and others came to his rescue and right. sat with her as well. And that was an amazing, heartwarming thing. Although there was one moment that was like out of a Fellini film. A woman in full clown makeup <laughs> got out of a car to come <laughs> over to assist, which gave it a whole nother. Yeah, but New you York know, that's moment. Manhattan. That's what that's New York Manhattan. is so great about New York is right. you, you can be anything here. You can love who you want. You that's can right. marry who you want. And we all live together and get along. It doesn't matter what color your skin is or any anything else. We all come together. And that's why I love New York. You know, New York's not perfect. I'm not from New York originally. And sometimes, you know, it can be challenging. But the reason I'm here and I've stayed here and, and, and work here and raised my kids here and here my whole adult life is because of the people. Yeah. It's because the people who are here are diverse. They're interesting. And they all come together and live together and accept each other. And it's what's beautiful about New York. Yeah, which is so weird that we're going to be talking throughout today's podcast about people like Rudy Giuliani, who used to be the mayor of this great metropolis, yeah. and boy, have the have the uh, have he fallen, and we'll talk about all that when we get to Georgia. And Donald but, Trump used to be was from here too. I can't believe yeah. you know. He's from and he was hatched. He wasn't really from from anywhere. He's from a spaceship. But but uh, let's talk about Donald Trump and Walt Nauta, the skipper and little buddy for those that are Gilligan's Island fans, um, and the Mar-a-Lago proceedings that are going on. Um, and and where are we with it? So I'll kind of give the highlights, the, the five thousand foot level, and then we'll dive in with our uh, resident former prosecutor Karen Freeman Ignipola. So. Um, the, the court had set a long time ago, at least at the end of June, a hearing that was going to be on July the 14th for both Nauda and Trump and their lawyers to talk about a few things. One, a proposed trial date. The judge having, as I said in the opening, the judge having drawn the line in the sand and said, all right, speedy trial act and constitutional right to a fast trial. How about August? We'll do August. And then the, 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 I think that even caught the, the Department of Justice a little bit by surprise. And they said, well, we're ready. The defense isn't going to be ready by August because we're about to dump on them about seven terabytes of data. Just to put a little fine point on that, in a recent government filing, where they gave the sheer, oh no, it was actually in the filing by Donald Trump. I'm going to correct myself here. They listed what the government is giving them. And it's 430,000 records comprised of 833 
thousand pages of documents, uh, three hundred and five thousand additional documents, uh, documents coming from ninety custodians of record, ninety different sources, fifty-seven raw hours of closed closed circuit TV footage, uh, and 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 up to um, fifth. I said six. It's fifty-seven terabytes of information. Which for those that don't know, no, that's a lot. That's like multiple servers worth of just data that's coming to them. So based on that, the government said, you know what, let's do December. December, a very canny choice, because as I as you were you and I were talking to our producer Salty tonight, the first primary for the Republicans is January. So this would be before the primaries. Let's get this trial going. Um, and let's not even worry about the March 2024 several months later trial up in new york um, related to donald trump let's not worry about the october civil fraud case up in new york we'll do december that seems to be a lane that we can occupy and the um, as expected um i think uh, ben micellis our co-anchor and, and colleague put it best they were going to ask for 2025 and they basically have they said judge there's so many complicated issues here we're going to have to teach you remember the way we taught you last time related to when we asked you to stop the criminal investigation and its tracks, and you got slapped by the 11th Circuit, your bosses on the appellate court twice. Remember that? Remember when we misled you about the law? Well, we're going to do it again. This is my words, not theirs. And uh, we're going to teach you about the Presidential Records Act, which, by the way, is not applicable, and the Espionage (laughs) Act and all the crimes and how they fit together. P.S. They don't fit together. Um, and so we're going to confuse you and we're going to play that game and maybe we'll file a motion to dismiss. So it's really premature. And this is a candidate for office and Joe Biden runs the DOJ. And so let's call the whole thing off. And, I mean, I'm giving you a summary, but that's basically what's in the papers. And um, of course, we're waiting on the Department of Justice. Usually they're lickety split. We get a filing from them with, like within hours. They already have it like ready to go in the computer, prepaid, pre prepared <laughs> okay did they file okay uh file let's file ours so that's going to come in the next day or two and ben and i'll cover that on saturday and then you have the judge agreeing to push the hearing off until the 18th where she's going to do two things she's going to discuss this trial setting process whether she does or she doesn't set it and then she needs to have a required classified information oh, yeah, procedures act um hearing a sipa c-i-p-a a hearing to talk about everybody getting their, their security clearances in place and how they're going to use documents and share documents who's going to have access to those kind of classified documents what are they going to do at trial so that everybody's better informed about how to put on this trial and do depositions uh, or, or any kind of statements under oath uh, between now and, and the time of trial uh, before the trial setting that's why you usually have a trial setting so you work backwards from there but Aaron prosecutor you got a different view about all this tell our audience so let's just talk about in general how cases work when you're in court uh, there are we've now we've seen the arraignment right where you are told what your charges are and, and whatever
First step for prize. Trump for prison. The bail is that is supposed will or will not be set or release conditions. And then there then there's also at the end a trial. Okay, but there's a lot that goes on in between, and those are adjournments or court appearances. And in criminal cases, that is usually uh, ones that require the defendant to be present, unlike civil cases, which I, you don't necessarily need to have. And so there are these adjournments, and they can be for all sorts of reasons. They can be uh, for to just update the judge. They can be to ask something of the judge. They can be to have hearings. They can be for all sorts of reasons. And and there are different ways that that can work in a case. So civil, for example, this is criminal, but in civil cases, normally the way they do it is they set a trial date and then they work backwards and have all the dates in between of when things are due. You know, this motion is due and this piece of paper is due or depositions have to be done or discovery has to be done. And if you want to change those dates, it's all kind of preset. There's like this, you know, calculator that sets the dates. If you want to change them, you ask permission for the court. In state court in New York, the way it works is after the arraignment, they just adjourn it to the next date for the next thing without any thought about trial or what's going to be in the future. There's no sort of mapping out the whole case of, okay, the trial will be on this date and let's work backwards. Let's do motions here and hearings here and et cetera. So in state court, like I said, after arraignment, they will adjourn it for the next procedural thing that has to happen. And there's different things that milestones that you have to reach to get to the next step. But it, it, you don't know when the trial is going to be because you have no idea how long those procedural things are going to take. And in federal court criminal, however, it's a different tradition. The tradition criminally in federal court, because that's really what this is, it's, it's, it's kind of the custom or the tradition of how courts typically do things, is they typically do set a trial date. And it can be moved, but at least it's a goal. And it's a goal towards what you think, uh, what when you think it's going to be. Now, in state court also, trial dates rarely mean anything, right? You set it for trial, a case can be on for trial three, four, five, six times. You know, I'm not ready because my witness didn't show up or the defense, defense attorney says I'm on trial. Federal court's not like that. A trial date is a trial date is a trial date. And so you are going to be ready both sides on that date uh, unless you have explicit permission from the court. But it's much more serious and it's much more fixed in stone. And so here, what's going on is, uh, as, as you put it, um, Jack Smith is saying it's realistic that this will be ready in December. And the defense team, all, all of the defendants' lawyers, so both Walt Nauda, Nauda and Donald Trump's lawyers, all said, there's no p way we can be ready by December. And they list all the reasons why, you know, we don't even have our security clearances yet. You know, we haven't even, but P.S., they haven't even filled out the paperwork yet. And, you know, there's a little game going on here, I think, uh, where where Walt Nata is is doing Trump's bidding by, um, ask, you know, asking for these little adjournments, like, you know, oh, I, I can't, I, I, I don't have a lawyer, I can't be arraigned. Okay, put it over. Well, I couldn't make it to the arraignment because my flight was canceled. And so put it over again. 
you know, well, I have a lawyer, but, you know, she just got here, so she can't possibly be ready by July 14th, you know, and so then they all agreed, okay, how about July 18th is when this hearing is going to be, and, you know, some people might say, oh, it's only four days, you know, what difference does it make, but those small adjournments add up, and it's sort of death by a thousand cuts that I think they're trying to do, because the more they can push it towards the election, even if it's four days here, two weeks there, three weeks there, you know, these little tiny, ah, we're not asking for that much, we'll just put it over, you're eventually going to get into dangerous territory, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. And I think what's going to happen here uh, is, you know, they're, they're giving all these excuses, right, about why they can't possibly be ready. Um, you know, this is, you know, there's so many legal questions that are significant and a first impression. You know, the, as you said, the president, you know, the Presidential Records Act and criminal statutes have never been addressed by any court. Or, you know, we're going to question the authority of the special counsel. You know, this, this kind of thing. And so the question is, what is, and we'll go into that in more detail. Um, about because I think it, it's worth going into these in more detail. But I just want to answer your specific question of what you, what I think that um, Eileen Cannon's going to do, and I think she's going to punt. I don't think she wants to get criticized by making the decision. Sure, I'll put this over, you know, until um, until you know, whenever, um, because we're going to get too close to to the election. But I think she'll say, look, you know. You guys haven't even, this 57 terabytes worth of data of discovery that's been turned over, to, by your own admission, government, you haven't even turned everything over yet. And we haven't gotten the security clearances yet. And we don't even know what we're going to do with these classified documents yet. So I'm going to, I'm not going to make a decision yet. And I'm going to put, I'm going to punt it. And, and we'll see how we do. And she's going to just keep you know, little by little, and they're going to try to their death by a thousand cuts. They're going to push it, push it, push it. And then eventually they're going to, he's, they're going to say, well, you know, he's the nominee and he can't possibly, you know, he has to be at this primary or he has to be given this speech, his first amendment rights, you know, you're going to infringe on them by not ha allowing him to, by interfering with his rights to run for office, et cetera. So I think she's going to punt. That's, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. Popak? <laughs> Back to you, Popak. Um, well, a couple things. One, we went through a process like this under the state court proceeding um, procedures that you outlined earlier with Judge Mershon, who's handling a criminal case of almost as many counts, 34 counts, or as one of the uh, cheeky pro-democracy uh, websites like to say, with a list of presidents, former presidents with zeros next to their name for the amount of felonies they've been charged with, and then ending with Trump 71. Um, Mershon, you know, he put it in March. He said, you you want it in the middle of a election season, in a primary season? You're, okay, <clears throat> I'm not going to do it before, I'm not going to do it after. But we know this Eileen Cannon, to your point, you know, has bent over backwards and thinks that she has some sort of person with special properties in front of her because he was the former president and now is the likely nominee for his party. I, I choke every time I come out with that. Once again, to my friends and the, and I have Republican friends, this is the best you can do. Twice impeached, multiply indicted, a judge, sex abuser, this is your candidate? Okay, putting that aside for a moment. Um, we know...
where her head was at and how easily distracted the judges handling his cases especially Jack Smith motion to disqualify RSVP and she took her eye off the ball of the law when they ran into court a different set of lawyers for Trump at the time ran into court to try to stop the criminal investigation and the search warrant in its tracks and she she made some comments in her rulings <clears throat> pardon me everybody in which she said oh, oh he's special is my words. He's special. He's former president. We have to treat former president differently with kick gloves. He gets weak. I have to bend over backwards as federal judge. I don't know why I'm talking like Tarzan, but but this is sort of the, rud the rudimentary observations this judge made all wrong, by the way. And then she was reprimanded and reproached by the 11th Circuit, her bosses in two separate panels that said, I don't know what you're talking about, but your role in a criminal investigation is very limited and you've crossed those lines and those boundaries and you're doing weird things. Stop it. And the search warrant goes forward. And, and if there's an indictment issue and a suppression of the evidence issue, you'll deal with that at another time if and when there's ever an indictment. Well, now there's an indictment, but we kind of know that her compass is already a little bit screwy, a little bit cracked. And they're exploiting that, these two new lawyers for Donald Trump, Chris Keiss and Todd Blanche, knowing that they misled her or the other lawyers led her astray last time. She's easily misled. We're going to try it again. Judge, Presidential Records Act. Really complicated stuff, Judge. It intersects. It doesn't, by the way. With the Espionage Act, it, it only does in Trump's mind because he keeps saying it does. It doesn't. He's not being charged with criminal violations of the Presidential Records Act. He's being charged with, with compromising national defense information, NDI, and using it in places like Bedminster, his golf course, to show off to friends and family to make his point showing Iranian war maps. That ain't a presidential record. But they're going to try to confuse her. Shiny object, Judge, look over here. And uh, it's so complicated, Judge, we can't even really get to our motion to dismiss the indictment and, and dispositive motions to get rid of it under Presidential Records Act application for months. First of all, why? This is July. He doesn't start his campaign in earnest until the primaries in January. He's already told people he's not going to the Fox News debate he hates Fox News right now. He fell out of favor with them. You know, he picks and chooses which of these crazy events he goes to. You know, moms, Christian moms, and moms for liberty, and mothers for justice, and all these made-up grassroots, grassroots places where he basically has to pay people to attend and, and, and yell his name. And so, he, you know, as other judges in the federal system have, have noted, we just had a ruling by Judge Amy Coney, uh, by 
Oops, you can see I got the, the three judges, three names wrong, by Amy Berman Jackson, sorry everybody, uh, a, a democratically appointed judge in the D.C. Circuit, who said in the case involving Peter Strzok, the FBI agent who got canned for expressing his First Amendment rights that Trump is corrupt while he was working on the FBI investigation of the Russia collusion project from Mueller in his civil suit against the government and everybody else for getting canned, he wants to depose Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you know, and even the Department of Justice said, well, maybe not, maybe not the former president at this moment. Amy Berman Jackson said, well, I've looked at your trial calendar. You're giving depositions up in civil cases up in New York, and you're sitting for them in the class action fraud case that's been brought against you and your family in a civil fraud case and a defamation case. You look like you have time to sit for a deposition here. So not every federal judge treats him with this, this you know, this effect, this this halo effect, um, the way that the way that Cannon used to. I'm, I'm, I'm. The jury's out a little bit about what she's going to do on the 18th. But having listened to you, I told you I wasn't quite sure what I was going to say on the podcast. I think you're right. I think she's not going to set a date far out. She's going to punt. She's going to say, let's let let me set a status conference. Let me everybody check your calendars. Let's set a control date of uh, let's all get to back together in November or December. And let's see where we are with this, with the the classified documents and the security clearances and the exchange, you know, the documents that that you've given over to to the defense and the motion practice. Well, we'll set some motion practice dates and deadlines and then we'll I'll decide in December or January or whoever about the trial date. Now, for those in our chat that are jumping up and down, that she's corrupt, she's going to make the terrible decision, we need to take an appeal, yeah. it's going to be very difficult, and the DOJ knows this, to appeal a, a, a ruling, a decision by the judge about which date for the trial. That's not appellate grounds. Judges are given tremendous autonomy and discretion to set and control trials. Especially if she doesn't make a decision. That's their number one job. Right. Well, the decision not to set a trial date is making a decision about the trial date. And that's going to be an abusive discretion standard. The the DOJ is never going to win that on an appeal. So we're going to be stuck. So that's why I've come back around, Karen, to your view that the safest place for her to both appease people on on the far political right and whoever else, is to just say, let's reconvene in November or December, and uh, we'll, we'll let everybody check your calendars. And the Department of Justice is going to be like, okay, great, they're going to have to do it, because there's no place else to go on the trial-setting issue. It sits with the trial judge, and you can't get her bosses at the 11th Circuit to overturn her. They so will that- bend, the, the Department of Justice will, Jack Smith's people will bend over backwards, though, to absolutely give them everything as soon as possible to point out to them exactly what they're going to, what, what, where the relevant, you know, it, there's, there's nine months worth of, of CCTV tape is, is how they call it. Right. Not So, you know, they were saying there's nine months worth of video. How can we possibly watch all that so quickly? They will point out, okay, 
you know, it's all there, this is nighttime, nothing's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, right. From it's this an hour. time to this, yes, <laughs> down to the hour. And you know, and look, and and that's what what prosecutors do a lot is they'll say this is the only this is the stuff that I'm going to be using at trial. This is what's relevant. But you know, defense attorneys regularly what they do is they watch everything else. They look at everything else. You know, the the 31 documents that that Jack Smith wants to, you know, the classified documents that that are going to be the subject of the SEPA hearing, you know, those are going to be, you know, that's all, that's going to be very interesting because Jack Smith has already culled down the documents that he thinks uh, both that 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 are in the sweet spot of okay, these these are national defense information documents, right? So NDI, so pursuant to the Espionage Act statute that doesn't require it to be classified, just that it requires it to be national defense information. Uh, and it's not so secret that even if you know, even if it comes out at trial, it's okay because really, that's what's that's what's going to happen at the SEPA hearing is they're going to establish what are the um, what are the the procedures that we need to put put in place to keep these documents safe, you know, and and secret. And sometimes what they do is they'll say, okay, the jury can see it, but but it won't be public, you know, so the public can't see it, but the jury can, the defendant can, uh, so they can make their decision. The The defense has already signaled in their papers that they're going to object to that. They want everything public. They think that, you know, defendants have a right, and they do have a due process right to uh, an open and, and public trial. And I, I'm sure the, gov the, the, new, the press is also going to make motions saying, no, we want to see it too. And I'm sure Jack Smith is smart enough to have already uh, thought of that. And so even if these 31 documents um, come in and everyone gets to see them, I think that that's going to, I think he's already made that determination that that will be okay. The problem with that, however, is a couple of things. Number one, you know, the, the argument the defense is going to make is, well, Either it's national defense information or it's not. If it's if it's not that if it's not that secret, if it's not that big of a deal, then actually it's not that big of a deal that everyone that that he had it and that he kept it. You know, so you you say that this is you know the Espionage Act. This is so dangerous, but here it you know here it is. The New York Times published it because it was a matter of public record, and I think that you know you only need he only needs one juror to buy that argument. But it's an argument that I think is a pretty good one. Uh, that why do you, know, you think? Well, hold it. Why do you think the government? Why do you think the Department of Justice is going to just not try to protect all the NDI? Because you have three levels of things here. Just to be clear for the audience, Espionage Act is not based on top secret and classified. We like talking about it in shorthand because ever since we were kids, we've known what top secret and classified is. Like Boris and Natasha for the Rocky and Bullwinkle, you know, show. You know, like a folder. Acme top secret, we get it. But for Espionage Act, it doesn't require that somebody takes, retains, disseminates, uses, discloses, or whatever, top secret and classified. The classification system doesn't matter at all. The reason for that is the Espionage Act was passed before there was a classification system, so it certainly could not have related to that, and Congress never made a change related to it. All that's required is national defense information. NDI, which has only been defined through a series of cases and case law about it. That big pile of documents that Donald Trump talks about on the Bedminster audio recording, you know, where he whips out the Iranian 
um, you know, warm map or whatever it was, it starts unfurling it. You can hear it. And people, ooh, ha, mm, I'll have a Coke. You know, remember that, that audio? That is NDI. And other things probably in that pile are too. If I'm the prosecutor, why don't you just say everything is NDI? Everything has to have protection at the, at the moment from, from prying eyes of the public. Sorry. We have to put it all under SEPA. Otherwise, you're right. Does it I think they, I think they are the going to yeah. say that. Yeah. But I think Judge Cannon potentially is going to rule otherwise. Now, the government can appeal that uh, to the 11th Circuit. Trump cannot. Yes. And, and Fast the, track appeal. But the, right. But the government's going to have to decide at a certain point, do you want a trial, right? Do we want to have a trial? And if they appeal it, there's you're again death by a thousand cuts right that fast track even a fast track appeal that can go up to the supreme court by the way you know even that can take weeks if you know it's, it's probably not days and so again the, that's going to just be a strategic question that the government's going to have to decide do we want a trial or not and you know the funny thing is to me this is a little on its head because if if i were the government or if i were trump i'm not sure i'd be so afraid of a trial in this case, I mean, the fact that he drew Eileen Cannon, forget her, if she has this trial in Fort Pierce, right, if she has it in Fort Pierce and they draw the jurors from her five counties that are all red, including Okeechobee County, which voted 72% for Trump, he has a great chance of pulling a jury that it has at least one person who will hang that jury. So I am not 100% sure. Like if I were canon, I would probably push the case and push it for Trump. Let the jurors do the bidding for her. You know, okay, let's just get this yeah. trial out there. Let's get these, I'm going to say these documents. I'm going to call your bluff government. We're going to get it. And I'm going to put some red meat jurors on there. Let him, let him actually run for president saying, see, it was a witch hunt. I was acquitted. It was, you know. But, but there's, an in, there's an interim thing here that we're missing, having practiced in the Southern District of Florida. It, it, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not calling you out because I'm just telling it's you. It's okay. Go ahead. I want there, you to. There's a reason that the final decision about where the trial is going to take place has not been decided yet. And that's going to be in consultation with Judge Altanaga, who's the chief judge of the entire Southern District, who sits down in Miami. We, we, we speculate as to why the arraignment took place there. A Miami grand jury that used to be a West Palm grand jury, but because, you know, there, as far as I know, there's no skiff, which is a place to go look at classified documents in Fort Pierce. I know there isn't. I don't believe there's one in West Palm. There is one in Miami that's next to the Miami courthouse. So be careful what you ask for. If they're too smart by half and they go, gosh darn it, let's have an entire jury, jury pool of Okeechobee County which is the sugarcane capital of, of Florida, right at where that, when you take a shot of Florida from space and you look down, you see that big hole that's in Florida, right? That's the Everglades. That's where Okeechobee County is. And, and but, but they're worried. They're worried that, you know, the rug gets pulled out from them because you're right. If they're 100% sure, and they're not, that this could take place in Fort Pierce, where the Fort Pierce jury, let's go. Well, let's have let's have a trial. We're going to get at least three Trumpers in there if we do it there. But they're not sure. And if it moves to West Palm, it's not a Trump place, even though it pulls from Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County is it went heavily Biden, Clinton, Obama, Fort Lauderdale worse, and Miami. But but Miami picks up some red again. It, it really you know it's a weird 
it's you know southern district of new york is so much easier to talk about than the southern district of florida but that's that i think is the reason that they're worried that altanaga at the last minute goes you know who can't handle this case court system in fort pierce let's all come down to miami she'll come she'll we'll give her a hotel we'll buy we'll rent her an apartment judge uh, judge cannon you can stay down here we'll do the jury here we have the security we've got everything right here let's do and then they're then they're effed except trump's lawyers might say (laughs) i want my it's fine i don't care where it is but i want the same trial i would have had so you're going to bust jurors in from there which they do in other jurisdictions you think they're going to bust them down a hundred miles you know Every what? They, they do it in other juris. They do it in other jurisdictions. Busing in that, Florida. It's happened before. <laughs> you know, so I, I just don't know. Um, but anyway, I, I just think that it's it's to me, the world is a little bit upside down, because yeah. if I'm Jack Smith, I push this trial. We'll see how it goes. And I go for I would I would get in there with, you know, whether it's a Bedminster case, whether it's get the Jan six case going. And I would push for a better judge, a better jury. I mean, the worst the worst thing that happens is a trial and an acquittal or a hung jury. I think that's worse than well, putting the I, trial off. I think we're going to start if, if you and I and Ben are right. We've, we've been known to be occasionally right. If we're right, this is a portfolio theory for, for Jack Smith. He doesn't have, well, he doesn't have, where's my finger? He doesn't have one indictment. He has two or three. One could be in New Jersey related to Bedminster bad stuff. One could be in District of Columbia, which is where all the grand jury, all the grand juries have been related to Jan 6 and everything that happened from the ellipse to the White House, to the dining room, to the assault on democracy. That's all, that's all DC. That doesn't belong in Miami. There's, there is no way in heck that the indictment that we know is coming any minute now, <laughs> any, there's this calm before the storm again. We thought, you thought last week, I thought definitely this week, somewhere in July, especially now that Fawny Willis, and we'll talk about it coming up next, Fawny Willis has her, her Fulton County uh, grand jury seated. Somewhere in there, there's going to be multiple indictments in different venues against Donald Trump. And is he going to run the table, Donald Trump, and win all of them, including D.C. and New Jersey? I doubt it. But one last thing I want to mention to you, Karen, I don't know if you saw the poll. But there is a poll out that most Americans, meaning all Democrats and a handful of Republicans, want to see the trial happen, not only before the presidential election, before the primary, which is very interesting. 57% of Americans believe that it should be before the primaries, and 62% think it should be before the election. Even 42% of Republicans think that. So that's very, very interesting. I'm not sure Cannon's reading these polls, but that's very, very interesting. We're going to talk next about um, Trump definitely having terrible a terrible day in court. Two bad things happened to him on 7-11 in New York um, in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. And, and Karen and I are going to talk about that and then talk about Georgia is on our mind for good reason with the seating of the, of the new, the real indicting grand jury uh, down in Georgia. But first, a word from our sponsors. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. 
Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something pretty cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the dirt that Lomi produces to help fill the garden. And since I got my Lomi, I threw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. And I have basically a limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week, I had my in-laws over for dinner, and the food cleanup process was such a breeze. Plus, they all think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash LegalAF and use the promo code LegalAF to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash LegalAF and use promo code LegalAF at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. We've all heard the famous line, try it free for 30 days. Yeah, well, that's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to 200 If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually use. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you, and for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash legalaf. That's rocketmoney.com slash legalaf. Legal AF. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean. Feel your best with delicious, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring clean ingredients with no artificial colors, sweeteners, high-fructose corn syrup, and limited added sugar and processed ingredients. Choose from recipes featuring lean proteins like turkey, sockeye salmon, barramundi, tilapia, scallops, and shrimp. Certified organic whole fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and plenty of whole grain options. Eat the clean, easy way with recipes that help manage your weight and support your wellness goals without skimping on flavor. Feel your best this summer with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, 
and sustainably source seafood. Also, Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. Green Chef offsets 100% of the delivery admissions to your door, as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. Green Chef delivers everything you need to eat clean the easy way this summer. Feel your best with nutritionist-approved recipes packed with clean ingredients that support your healthy lifestyle and taste great, too. I love Green Chef. My absolute favorite is the spicy chicken and broccoli stir-fry. Delicious. Go to greenchef.com slash legalaf50 and use code legalaf50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash legalaf50 and use code legalaf50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. You know what's a hard word to say when you have to say it six times in an ad read? I never thought I had a problem saying the word subscription until I had to say it six times. <laughs> but, but that's the life of a podcast host, or somebody called it recently, uh, oh, you're law tube. I said, we're law tube? I didn't even know that was a thing. Apparently, lawyers on YouTube is law tube, and there's a whole subculture related to it. Well, really? Whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is, I think we're... Because of the Midas Mighty and the legal efforts, I think we're at the top of the law tube chain. I hope we are. <laughs> um, one of the things that our producer reminded me when we were talking about that calm before the storm, which you so accurately used several, about a month or two ago to say, you know, we haven't heard a lot about <laughs> we haven't heard a lot about grand jury work related to uh, Jack Smith at that moment. And I bet you he's probably making his presentation to Merrick Garland, which he has to do before he gets his indictment. And boy, were you right. Now, we have, for a while, like two weeks ago, like, you know, Rudy went in for a queen for the day. Proffer. I always love Rudy as a queen for the day. It's just completely, you know, he gave his proffer with his limited immunity. And a couple of other witnesses went in. And then there was silence. Now we have reporting this week that the grand jury met. But no witnesses showed up. That's interesting, because why does a grand jury meet if it's not there to hear testimony? Now, there could be a records custodian who slipped in there. They could be doing documents. They could be doing some other type of presentation. They could have voted. <laughs> or they could have voted on an indictment. Exactly. And um, so that's where we are. You know, we're trying to we're trying to read. You know, there, there are just, and Aaron, I know you have it because I have it. You have alarm clocks that are just baked into your DNA as being a trial lawyer that just go off at different times. It's just a, a level of, of feel, of touch and feel about cases. And we have it here that we apply to the cases that you and I follow at that intersection of law and politics. And things like no phone ringing sometimes is as important as a phone ringing. Right. You know, you want to know what I thought, what sure. I thought of, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about uh, Rudy Giuliani and whether or not he's flipped on Trump. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not sure. Right. And so but we do know he went in and he, his um, his lawyer said it was entirely voluntary. And so let's talk about what it would mean if he were to flip and, and I'll tell you and then you'll understand why I'm saying this so if he were to flip which means he would cooperate with the government and he was clearly a target he's clearly committed lots of crimes and he is going to be prosecuted I would imagine so for him to to flip he's not just a witness he's a, a um, you know a, a, a 
defendant, I guess, not quite yet, but, you know, a target, and he'd have to uh, plead guilty, and he would have to admit to all the things he's done and, and really tie up all loose ends, and that's what they make you do in order to cooperate. So we heard this week that he's working on a settlement, civil, but he's working on a settlement in the Shea Moss, Ruby Freeman, uh, remember the mother-daughter duo who, you know, who ended up suing him for defamation because he and Trump and others accused them of, you know, taking out suitcases of, of votes and they got death threats and all this stuff. And, and we heard this week that that that's in uh they're very close to a settlement um so i think that that means he's wrapping things up and uh he's going to flip and cooperate well well except for one i have to cut in (laughs) because i just i have a hot take running right now on the on the midas touch network it looks like the settlement fell through because in the filings that 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 the lawyer which i was going to we can talk about it. the lawyers for Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, the mother-daughter team that were so mercilessly defamed by Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and everybody else claiming that they were committing voter fraud and stealing ballots and feeding in Chinese ballots into the Fulton County, Atlanta, when they were doing nothing of the sort. They were just counting ballots and putting already counted ballots properly in another pile under the desk in a locked case, which is what they're supposed to do. But in the motion for sanctions and to seek a uh, default judgment against Rudy Giuliani, which is what they've now done, claiming that he has not participated at all, Rudy, in meaningful discovery in the last 18 months. He's produced next to nothing um, and has claimed that he's lost it all or never had it or, or whatever. They've moved for the death penalty for him and civilly to have the case dismissed against him. In it, they said, we thought we had a settlement. But he walked away from the settlement in the last couple of days. And I said in the hot take, because he's both cheap and stupid, I would I agree with you. Or he walked away from it because he doesn't care because he's, he's going to be going to jail soon. I've always said that Rudy Giuliani definitely is going to get indicted. Whether he cuts a deal or not, that's a different story. And if he flips along with Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's time as a free man on planet Earth is coming to a precious few. Because... You know, I've never seen an array of people at the level of knowledge and culpability that are, and, and lawyers that are coming out against one defendant more than Donald Trump. I mean, look, they're, they're, I said to somebody recently, the amount of evidence, witnesses, lawyer, ex-lawyers and documents and video evidence and audio evidence and notes contemporaneous that are that are now amassed in a raid against Donald Trump. It reminds me of like the parting line. Hopefully it's not a spoiler alert because the, the season's over. It's like the parting line in succession. And when Shiv looked at the mausoleum that now housed her, her, her departed father and said, I'm curious to see how he gets out of this one. Same thing here. I'm curious to see how Donald Trump gets out of this much evidence, the mountain of evidence against him, and he'll have to run the... You may be right. He'll get a hung jury here or there, but he's going to have to run the table in four or five different criminal prosecutions. And I think that is not only next to impossible, that is impossible. That's why he doesn't want a trial. That's why he's trying to put these things (laughs) off. No, it's true. I mean, his entire entire, um, strategy is delay, 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 you know, hopefully get the nomination, even maybe get, 
you know, become president. And that, and then, you know, he'll either pardon, he'll for sure pardon Walt Nata, which is what his strategy is, stick, stick with him, get him elected, and he'll pardon me. And, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, let's just push this all off. And then when I'm president, no one can do anything. You know, stay, I can't, they can't. Got to be president. I'm just, this is what's in his mind. <laughs> yes, this is I what he's that. thinking. And so that's what he's hoping, hoping is, is put it off, Bo- put it off, put it off. Bo- Boogie has a better chance of becoming president of the United States. Boogie, he's such a good boy. <laughs> he's such a good boy. Boogie and Lily. Lily can, my Lily can be the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Boogie. But let's talk about um, clearing the air here. We'll get back to some serious matters and serious jeopardy for Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case. E. Jean Carroll, some, some people might be rubbing their eyes and their ears going, Can we already do this? She won. Yes, she did win. She won the E. Jean, it's weird, because she won the E. Jean Carroll 2 case, because the E. Jean Carroll 1 case was put on ice while some issues related to immunity and scope of employment for Donald Trump, who was at one time employee badge number one for the federal government as the president. While that was going on, the judge says, yeah, that's interesting. Why don't we talk about and do a trial on things he said when against her when he wasn't president? Because we can do that right now, and that was Judge uh, that was Judge Lewis Kaplan, and uh, I think that was a shock to um, then um, the, the the mastermind superhero um, lawyer Alina Haba, now a spokesperson, now been kicked upstairs and is a full time spokesperson, uh, and Joe Tacopino, who came in three or four months before the trial to take over, basically, because they were like, "What? Well, huh? Um, don't we have to wait? Like, no, we're not going to wait. So that trial went forward, and uh, in, in a Southern District of New York federal case, the federal, federal jury being pulled from all different places around you know, Manhattan and the boroughs and Westchester and that kind of thing, and six men and three women you know, found that Donald Trump Know, under for the for the special verdict form, did he sexually abuse her? Yes. Did he rape her? Because of the as as the former um, as Karen, you'll you'll tell our audience again as a former sex uh, a sex uh, crimes prosecutor. You know, New York is in the minority, and you have to use your penis to rape somebody and not a finger. Most states don't have that, that that issue. So they said, well, she was a little bit unclear. She had her eyes closed. She didn't know if it was a penis or a finger. Leave that for another day. And therefore, uh, yes on sex abuse, inconclusive on rape, yes on defamation, yes on punitive damages, where do we sign? And that was two and a half hours, who had the tuna salad, who had the taco bowl? Okay, everybody's out. <laughs> the fastest jury, is they like set a land speed record in, in, in finding against him. Only Donald Trump would then use that to say, I've been vindicated. yes. I'm not a rapist. I'm only a sex abuser. But every time she says rapist, I'm and I'm, and I'm not because I'm a sex abuser. See the distinction? Not really. Uh, I've been defamed, including when Eugene Carroll went on television with Robbie Kaplan, friend of the podcast, her lawyer, and gave an interview and was interviewed by CNN. But before we get to that, because that's really interesting, what happened there and 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 the new retaliatory defamation case. Trump brought against the victim of his sex abuse, um, E. Jean Carroll. The government had something to say after three years of uh, sitting around about whether the U.S., the United States of America, was going to intervene in the case related to when Donald Trump used to be president, 
whether his defamatory or statements against E. Jean Carroll, which are all the same, they're all the same as he's saying now, I don't know her, I never know her, I don't want to know her. She's a hack. She's, she's holding me hostage. She's shaking me down. I never, I didn't rape her. I didn't have sexual relations with her, whatever, whatever it is. He says it to this moment. Um, all of that happened. He said that when he was running, when he was president. So now the Department of Justice has finally got around to saying, will they or won't they come in and give him presidential immunity for that aspect of the case? Care what happened? So, yeah. So, look, it's important to just in context, understand how it works in uh, with, when you're a government employee. Uh, you can't really be sued for actions that you take in, as, as a government employee uh, if it's in the course and scope of your duties. And so what they do, so what happens is this is called the Westfall Act. And, and if the Department of Justice finds that it's, if you get sued, and, you know, in a civil a civil suit, not criminal, right? If you get sued by somebody, if you were a government employee and it was in the course and scope of your duties, the D Department of Justice will certify under the Westfall Act and intervene. And what they do, what that means is they substitute the United States for the uh, defendant in the case. And the United States cannot be sued in a, you know, cannot be sued civilly. So in this type of context, and so what happens is basically it confers immunity on the defendant. And so Bill Barr, who was Donald Trump's uh, um, attorney general, he said at the time that he felt that, uh, that the Department of Justice um, was going to intervene under the Westfall Act. Now, Judge Kaplan, this, this had sort of a circuitous, you know, went, went through a whole thing where, um, you know, Barr invoked the Westfall Act, uh, but then, uh, which means, because this case was originally brought in state court. So when Barr invoked the Westfall Act, it then got moved to federal court. And Judge Lewis Kaplan disagreed that this that that Donald Trump was an employee and uh, that this was in the course and scope of his employment. But Trump appealed it to the Second Circuit, which is the appellate court uh, above um above uh, Judge Kaplan, and they said, no, he is a, an employee, the president is an employee, but the question of whether this is in the scope of his duties and in his job, that's a question that we have to ask the D.C., the Washington, D.C. State Court of Appeals to clarify under state law or DC law. And, uh, and so we had to wait for that decision. And, and what they said in Washington, DC, what that, what they, what that court of appeals said, you know what, that's a fact-based analysis that focuses on the state of mind of the individual. Okay. So Donald Trump and whether or not it was in furtherance of the job. So it's not automatic just because, you know, on the one hand, you can make the argument that Look, you know, he was he was president of the United States at the time. You know, when you're trying to decide, is this in the course and scope of your duties, right? He was working that day. He was, you know, with his gaggle of press, you know, people going on to, I can't remember if it was Air Force One or Marine One, you know, he was, he, or getting off, he was, you know, in transit and he was answering questions about work. And, you know, it was clearly during 
a work event and he was answering a question. Uh, and so, you know, there was a, a question there, is that in the course and scope of his duties? And, and so what's, what this now does is this says, you know what, this goes to the jury to decide the jury. This is a jury decision and it's going to trial. But what's interesting that happened here is um, Merrick Garland, who originally said he was going to stand by Barr's determination and continue and, and agree that the Westfall Act applies here, has now decided that based on new information, okay, including the fact that Donald Trump keeps making these these defamatory statements, right? So it's not like he was just answering questions and that was it. He keeps making these statements over and over and over and over again. Again, including new ones 